0: So to the hassle-free RE podcast, I am uh, your host Dave Menapace, and joined with my co-host here Anson Roberts. Uh, so as we usually do, Anson, maybe uh, touching on some industry-specific news or non-news, but whatever yeah. you want to categorize it. Um, how about everyone's favorite guest that seemed to stay in a mansion for like 500 days somewhere in California? I think it was. What's uh? Wh- What's your take on that newsworthy headline?
1: Well, as we were talking about ahead of time, uh, I think we both received messages with that article in various forms from numerous people, people in the industry and friends and family. Um, And so, yeah, for context, there's uh, a Airbnb host in California who through a series of events had a guest essentially take up like, Uh, it's effectively be like squatter's rights almost at at the end of the day Yeah, in there for over a year and is demanding a hundred thousand dollars to move out, I believe. Right. And she's subletting the rooms and making money. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, on one hand, I'm like, I can appreciate the hustle, you know?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, dang. All right. And it's funny because it's not the first time she's done this, according to the news article. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I think it's interesting. It's very clickbaity. Um, I'm sure it's happened in other markets, other houses. This can't be, you know, I'm sure this has actually probably happened a lot, you know, depending on where it is with the house. Uh, what is your suggestion to anyone that might be scared or worried about this happening at their own home?
1: Yeah. So, you know, even just before this call, I was messaging with a guest. Uh, because they had questions about why they have to fill out our rental agreement. And they're not, they don't like it. And this story is just ringing in my head as part of the reason. Now that's not what we say to guest. I mean, a part of it is like an insurance related thing where we do have every guest, even if it's a single night complete a rental agreement, but the parameters for their utilization of our properties are very clear and very defined. And so when it comes to protecting against this kind of stuff, it's you getting your ducks in a row ahead of time, and some of that systems oriented, some of that's legal. But there are protective measures that can be taken where it just makes this a non-issue, yeah. um, and in certain laws where the law where the uh, regulations are more favorable to a to the tenant side of things, um, California being one of those and not very landlord friendly, then it's even more pertinent in the, in those situations but what else do you see in it what are you, what do you guys doing on your end
0: same thing you know we have uh, a guest agreement every guest has to sign it again it doesn't matter if it's for you know a day or a two week vacation um we also you know we use a company called safely that we do pay for their more robust um offering, which does a background check on guests. And the only reason I bring that up in this case is it turns out this lady had done that before, uh, this is not her first rodeo and the background check, of course it, it searches for all, you know, run-ins with the law, things like that, or flags people that might be a high risk kind of guest. It also like searches the back end of like the internet to figure out, have they ever gotten a poor review on some sort of site, not just Airbnb or VRBO or trip like anything to just sort of say, you know, like, could there potentially be an issue here? And, you know, that is probably a really good thing to have in place. If you don't already, at least, you know, my understanding is the home that she's squatting in is multi million dollars. Correct. Right might not be a bad idea to start looking at measures like that if you do have a higher end or a luxury home or one that you just want to avoid this sort of stuff. Again, some some things are unavoidable. There's risk in anything you do. Um, <laughs> I just feel bad for those owners, but there there are ways, like you said, to put some rights back in, in your court and hopefully avoid some of these situations or at least have a uh, clearer, more definitive and quicker outcome to to move past it, rather than yeah. two years. Yeah. Um, so, with that, let's introduce our guest. So, our guest today, Skylar Welch. She is the founder of Main Point Lending, but she also does a lot of other cool things in the space uh, of of real estate, where she owns a wedding venue, a big goal that she accomplished after it sounded like about ten years of working towards it. She also owns an Airbnb up by Sugarloaf Mountain. Um, and back to her, her lending brokerage that she was the founder of. I mean, it's one of the top lenders out of the state in Maine, even though they lend sounded like 33 different States. And I know that they've done a lot of cool and unique and creative types of deals up in the Sunday river area, um, of Maine, but, um, really neat hearing how ambitious she is and how simple she keeps in my opinion, the, uh, the practice of sales, what what were some of your biggest takeaways?
1: Yeah. I mean, she has a lot going, right. And she's honest about how she's overdone it at moments and her, uh, vulnerability in the sharing around how she's had to refocus and find a, find some kind of equilibrium with being a mom of a few kids, wife, multiple businesses. And, yeah, her level of tenacity since what seemed like a pretty young age and the way she's carried that through from a season where she was bartending to then finding herself into being one of the top producers in the mortgage lending space in the country. Um and I think a big part of that was her finding like the niche that resonated with her and where she kind of activated her strengths. And yeah. so I, I just think about, you know, for, for all of us, it was just inspiring to to consider like what are those other a- angles that really activate like our zones of genius you know because she she's do- doing a lot working a lot uh but it also there's an effortlessness to it as well as the way it comes across uh, because i just even yeah. flow with her genius you know
0: yeah that's I it, i didn't even recognize that when we were interviewing um she does make it look effortless and she even brought that up with how a lot of people comment on that. So yeah. Well, with that, without further ado, why don't we jump into the interview? Let's do it. <laughs> Welcome to the Hassle-Free RE Podcast, a real estate podcast where we bring you stories, education, and tips for investors and real estate enthusiasts. If you're interested in investing in real estate or just want to keep a pulse on what's happening in the market, then this podcast is for you. Thanks so much for listening and tuning in. If you enjoy our show, please make sure to subscribe and give us a five-star review. We'd greatly appreciate it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Hassle Free RE, and today we have Skylar Welch. Skyler, welcome to the show. Why don't you introduce yourself, and we'll take folks to the very beginning.
2: Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. I am a mortgage lender in Maine and also do a lot of um, buy, buying rentals as well um, and kind of creating some cool spaces.
0: Investor entrepreneur, all the above,
2: all the above mom. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a, that, that falls in the above category. Um, similar to that I'm dad, but you know, very, <laughs> and so is Anson. Um, but okay. So, you know, you're the, at least sort of the day-to-day founder of main point lending. Why don't you take folks back? When did you get into lending or if you want to go even further past that, maybe there isn't a point past that, but why don't we start there and kind of hear how you, how you learned this industry, how you came up in it.
2: Absolutely. I have kind of a crazy story to be honest. I, um, I went to college, uh, for, I have basically to be a wedding, pl- like I have a short-term, um, design degree. So I have a bachelor of fine arts degree with a focus in temporary design. My goal was really to be, to go and create spaces and create temporary design, all these things. I graduated college. I worked for a title company for a year and I hated it. I was like, oh God, like this is so boring, but I like the real estate world. Um, but I really hated what I was doing. So I just up and moved to the Virgin Islands. So left everything behind and just said, you know what? I'm just going to go have fun for a little while. Um, so I moved down there. I did some of the temporary design planning down there, but really I was like bartending at a rum shack. Um, making, you know, we were making like $500 to $1,000 a shift. Uh, we were traveling a lot. We we went to every island. I met people from around the world, you know, really just um, lived a fun life for a while. Um, you know, the hardest decision of our day would be like, oh, what island are we going to go to today? Right? Like that, that was real life. Um, but I knew it wasn't like life forever. And you know, when you're on vacation for a week, you're like exhausted well, when you're on vacation for a year, you're like, I think I'm going to die. <laughs> right. So I, um, I moved back to the States. I actually met my husband down there. He was one of my uh, regulars at my bar. I call it his courting process. Um, so I met him down there and he was from Missouri.
0: Can I um, ask a so quick question? I, yeah. Did, did he tip? Well,
2: he used to tip me hundred hundred, dollar bills. Good. Right. Mm-hmm. Good. But Good he always drank for free. So,
3: Uh,
2: (laughs) you know, one thing or the other. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: So yeah, it was so hilarious, but we moved back and I knew I liked the real estate world, but I really didn't know like what I wanted to do. So it was like Craigslist days. So I applied to a Craigslist listing for mortgage assistant at a mortgage broker that had just opened. They'd only had their doors open for about six months. It was just a husband and wife. Um, and I'll never forget, I was they were supposed to call me like Tuesdays at, at three or something, and they didn't. So at like 3.30, I called. I was like, hey, you're supposed to call me. Like, I'm ready to have this interview. And he's like, oh, so sorry. Like, got so caught up in everything. But I like it. I look, I'm looking for someone that can follow up, right? I was like, oh, I can follow up. <laughs> so um, they hired me. Right. I drove from Missouri, like with my dog, my car packed with everything I owned, drove, pulled in the driveway. I literally had like Island clothes, right? Like I had nothing to wear to an interview. I pulled out like a pair of pumps out of the back of my car. And I went to my friend's house that lived in Portland and borrowed a blazer. And it's funny because that friend that I borrowed a blazer is my assistant now. And she's been my assistant for like four or five years, but it's funny how it all comes around. Um, and I pulled in, I'm like, here I am, you know, like I'm ready, ready for this job. And it's they hired show. me. Yeah. Um. A couple of weeks later, I found out I was pregnant Um, with our first baby. So I basically was like, Hey, here I am. I'm 11 weeks pregnant and uh, I'm your newest employee. <laughs> um, But they were amazing and really took me in. And with a, within a few months, they were like, you really get this, like you should get licensed. So I'm like, all right, what do I need to do? So I studied hard. I uh, was about eight months pregnant, and I took my test, and I passed the national test, the in the state test the first time. And I'm like, let's. And then I had the baby like a couple of days later. So I got back from attorney leave. Um, they were paying me twelve dollars an hour to be their assistant. Okay, and I came back, and I'm like, you know, I have a new baby. Like, let's let's hit the ground. The rates were super low. So I just started calling everybody. I started basically shaking my tail feather all over town, right? Like <laughs> people were like, "Who is this new girl ro- rolling in?" Right? I was 25 years old, and I joined every networking group I could. I went to every single event. I went heavy on social media, heavy with video, heavy with everything. Like here I am. I reached out to 4,500 real estate agents and said, "Hey, I'm a new I'm a new broker. I'd love to meet you." To this day, some of those real oh. estate, agents, some of those real estate agents are still um working with me.
0: Wow. And that's awesome.
2: So I literally just worked my butt off. You know what I mean? I literally got the word out to everyone I could possibly do. And it started, you know, better. I started getting business, right? And then I was still their assistant. And I think my first year I ended up closing like 110 deals. And oh. Then and I had a newborn. Right. So then my next year, I quickly went to like I think I went to like one hundred and eighty deals. Then I went to like two hundred and sixty deals and then three hundred and fifty and then four hundred. Right. Like all within those first five years. I also had three babies in those first five years. So I had my first five, my first six years in the industry. I was either pregnant or nursing a baby, (laughs) um, which is kind of crazy. And I was working a solid 17 hours a day, probably for the first almost right. 10 years that I did this um, in 2015. Well, from 2011, to 2015, I was still assisting them at $12 an hour, but I was also producing my own. I got to the point where I was kind of closing more deals than they were in the sky. Like you're good. And I was like, I can't, I can't give up the security of this $12 an hour because I have new baby, I have babies. Like I need to do this. And they're like, you'll be Okay. And as soon as I did that, it lit like a different fire under me, right? And I was like, I can do this, right? Like, I, I'm i good. So I hit the ground running, and I just kept grinding, grinding, grinding. And I had big goals, right? I Every year, I had bigger and bigger goals. I'm extremely goal-oriented, and I do whatever I can to make sure I hit those goals. So so I did, and but at the same time, I was getting like, it wasn't healthy. Right. Like I was exhausted. I wasn't eating properly. I wasn't sleeping. I wasn't, my husband was like, we miss you. Right. Like, sure. You can close a hundred million in volume, but what's that do for our, like, realistically, like my husband was like, I don't care if you make $30,000 a year. I just like to see you more. Right. Like that's the point we got to. Um, but I was just so like, I want more. I want, I want to do more. I want to do more. Right. And at the, at one point I'm like, I'm literally going to either have a heart attack, die or like quit altogether. Right. Like that's the point I got where I was just like burned out. And what I was realizing at that point is I was not being the best version of myself for anybody. Right. So I'm I'm a different kind of lender. Right. Like I'm very, very hands on and I'm very, very like thoughtful and personal. Right. Like I do silly things. Like I send out confetti-filled pre-qual cards every single day to everybody I pre-qualified that day. They're going to get a confetti-filled pre-qual card for me. I host um, realtor classes here every week. I um, do a lot of value sessions. I have a full-time videographer that just creates video content for my real estate agents. That's all he does, right? I um, do a lot to add as much value as I can and I do a lot of personal touches throughout the process. I send bomb bomb videos throughout the process. I, um, I give updates every Tuesday and every Friday, regardless if there's an update to give. So what I was realizing is like, I was dying trying to do all of those things by myself. I didn't have this team yet, right? Like I didn't build that team. So I, in 2020, middle of the pandemic, I decided to open my own company, <laughs> um, and it's been amazing. I partnered um with a man named Shaw Trenny, uh, in New York. He's um amazing, and basically we we create a partnership where it's funny because someone, um, a guy that knew me who does a lot with brokers basically knew what I needed, right? Like I'd had many conversations with him. Like I'm a producer, right? Like I'm not HR. I'm not compliance. I'm not payroll. I'm not tech. Like I'll never fire someone. Like I'm way too soft for that. Like all of these things that I knew I wasn't, but I knew if I tried to do those things, it would take away from what I'm good at. Right. Right. Like I'm all in with the clients. I can train, I can make a LO, badass LO. Right. I can do all of those things, but I knew like if someone tries to get me to do like call reports and like payroll, Is going to be bad, right? Mm -hmm. So he introduced me to Shaw, and Shaw was like, He's like, Yeah, he has a small broker shop. I really don't think he's like looking for any like branches or any people to join, but you know, I think it could be a good relation. I I think it just be worth a conversation. So we get on the call, and he says to me, I've watched every podcast you've ever done, I've read every article about you, I've seen all of your numbers, everything you've ever done, and I like what I see. Like, what can we do? I was like, all right, yeah. well, here's what I need. Um, I need my own team. I need to run my team how I want to run my team. I need my own brand, my own everything, right? I need to be me. And he's like, sure, you know, got it. So he handles the back end of the business and I handle the front end of, of my business. And it works really, really well for us. Um, During all of that, I bought units right I was like what am I going to do with all this money that's coming in and invest it in a in a positive way so we I would say I think in 2018 we bought a four unit um and my mom lived in one of the units which was super helpful. we moved we moved her down to five hours away there are four townhouses um we moved her down because we have three children (laughs) and it's hard you know really really hard um, so we moved her down here into one of the units. The other units, we you know, we have like a three percent interest rate on a four unit. We get you know sixteen hundred dollars right. per unit, and our mortgage is twenty three hundred. Like let's go. <laughs> yeah.
3: Um.
2: Then we bought a ski condo at Sugarloaf. Um. We bought it the perfect time. We bought got it for like two twenty. It's one door down. It's one driveway down from the lodge, and we Airbnb it for three fifty a night, and our mortgage is eleven hundred dollars. We rent it pretty much every single day of the season from December until April. And we use it two weekends a month because my kids love to ski. So I like to like tell myself that we ski for free in my head. Like that's how I justify it. (laughs) Um, And then we ended up moving. And every time we moved, we would do, you know, create, take that equity that we had gained in that property and put it somewhere else. Right. So then we bought another single family in the town that we live in, um, moved my mom to that single family and got a tenant in the other unit, which now pays for the single family. So,
3: um,
2: that was great. But as things went on, I started getting like burned out. I was tired. Right. And I didn't feel like I had the same level of passion that I, that I used to, um, the market's hard right now, like really hard. Right. Um, So last April, um, we bought a wedding venue, (laughs) crazy. Um, also during that time, um, my, so my husband had owned a, has owned, um, a home inspection company and it was, you know, great everything, but then he got diagnosed with MS. Um, and it really changed our family, right? Everything changed. Um, and it wasn't really, I didn't really feel comfortable with him being on ladders, being in s- roofs, ceiling dresses, all that stuff. We're like, let's, this is a liability and like scary for our family. Um, so we bought this wedding venue as like a, really a passion project. Um, and, a I looked at this, I'm in BNI, I've been in BNI for 12 years and I looked at my, like, what are your goals and this and that, like from years ago. And they always said, like, to own a wedding venue, to own a wedding venue. And then I did my 10 minute one day and I said, and I had my old profile and I was like, I did it. Right. Like you put those, you write those goals down, you say those goals and then you do it. Um, we are a little bit crazy and we started the project in October and we had a wedding book for May. so. We created about 13,000 square feet of wedding venue in that amount of time. Um, and it's amazing. It's so beautiful. Um, we've created place for the bridesmaids to get ready, which is like a thousand square feet of beautiful salon style um, space. Uh, we created a groomsman suite, a caterer's kitchen, a huge pavilion for the reception ceremony area, indoor ceremony or reception area, and a five-bedroom house for guests to stay. So it was so fun, like so, so fun. And now it's just like a extra <laughs> project, I guess, <laughs> that we have. Um, and now, honestly, I feel so fulfilled by doing all of that that I feel, I don't feel burned out with what I'm doing anymore. Right. It allowed me to like get that creative part that I have. Like at night I would get home and, you know, I'd been working late here. I'd go home, deal with, you know, spend time with my kids, read, put them to bed, all that. And then I would lay in bed and like design each room, design each space, order everything that I need online. Like, okay, I'm like, okay, this is what I want. Find it. I would like print out pictures of the designs. I want to tape them on my wall. And then my husband would make it come true. (laughs) Right. Right? So um, it's been really great. It's been hard. It's been exhausting. Um, My husband is literally a saint. Um, He's up there right now painting uh, new bathrooms (laughs) and creating more space. But um, now we're just looking to get the word out as much as possible about it because every person that has come has said, there's no space like this in Maine. There's nothing like this anywhere. And I would say the best feedback and the most feedback that we've gotten is that it's so thoughtfully done. Like mm-hmm. every single thing that you need to to be there for an entire weekend for your wedding is here. Like from the steaming station to the salon area to that, like everything is there. And that like makes me so happy, right? It's so fulfilling. And now I can like, that's done. And now I can just focus on booking. But what we do is we create it like we kind of treat it as it's an Airbnb, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. um, Because we've created all the spaces, we keep those spaces beautiful, maintain all of that. But our goal is our goal was really to create a space that was uh, like, neutral enough that people could create it, create their own, but beautiful enough that it didn't need a lot. Right. And that was really the goal. And that's what we've created. So People can come in, bring their own vendors who they want, create the space what they like, and they have you know they get the keys on Friday, you pick them up on, on Sunday, and it's their space to do what they want with it.
0: Oh,
3: so
2: that, I know that was a lot.
0: That's <laughs> cool. Crazy. You know we'll we'll uh, we'll spend the next twenty to thirty minutes unpacking all of that. Now, <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things that really resonates with me is you've had these just really amazing experiences. And I kind of want to dive into each of them a little bit. but I think that I find that people that seem to thrive the most in real estate, whether it's hospitality or lending or insurance or, you know, being a lawyer or a realtor, whatever, when you have some time in some type of service industry, in this case call it bartending, you just seem to find success in real estate in some way, shape, or form. And it could be in a, any different discipline. It's just, it seems to be a common trait. Um, Definitely.
2: I mean, you know. I think it's, it's funny because I remember when I was working down there and you know, it's a, we had a $500 car that we shared, my best friend and I, we paid $700 a month for rent and we had zero other expenses, nothing in our life. There was nowhere to shop. There was no, like nothing. Right. So are you you, I remember thinking like how can I ever make this much money again in my life like I'm never going to be able to find a way to make this much money and then you do right because there's so much money that can be made in real estate and there's so many opportunities and there's so many different routes that you can go and that's what you know we've kind of become fat passionate about my husband just finished building a spec house he's built he's just bought a lot to build another spec house like there's so many different avenues, right? Like everything that we've done, I feel like is a little bit different, but all has the, the same, um, like the same goal. But also in my profession as a lender, I can guide people like real life because I've done it. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, I think you can do Airbnb, blah, blah. It's like, I'm in it, right? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm Airbnb, you know, it. people ask me all the time and that's why I'm, I'm doing a lot of um, short-term rentals for borrowers because I I'm in it every day. Like I know how to guide them. And a lot of them are first time and they've they've never done it before. So they need that guidance. And it's good to be able to have that real life experience and knowledge to be able to guide them in the right direction.
1: Totally. What's uh I'm curious with everything that you have going on, uh, how do you go about navigating a day-to-day for? for your schedule between right and a partner and a wife and a you know having your kids the lending your own investments the venue what is does my that friend,
2: like? my friends joke that um that they're because i was the first one to have babies and like their oldest is kind of like my youngest age and they're they, i remember they had their first babies and I'm like can't even get out of the house like i don't know what to do blah blah and meanwhile i'm like planning everything we do. Like I get all this together. I do this, do that. It's just like who I am. And they're like, one of these days, we're going to find out you've been on drugs all this time. (laughs) It's like this ongoing joke, right? With us. Cause I've never even had coffee, like nothing. It's just like this funny joke that we have. So, um, I manage my day very, um, I prioritize my family. So I will never miss a game or a practice, or like right now, my kids have activities seven days a week right now, seven days a week. um, But I love that, right? Like I love the busier I am, the more focused I am, the more um driven I am. I kind of thrive off of that. Even as a child, like I played four, I would play four sports. I played multiple sports a season. Like I would be in every activity. I would, every single activity being offered, like I would do it. I, I like to be involved in things, right? So how I kind of manage my day. Um I manage it through email, really. Like I structure, I go through my emails and work that way. My assistant um is amazing and a godsend, and she handles a lot of just the, she'll leave, she'll like multiple times a day. She sends me emails that are like, here are all your updates, here's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, or she'll be like, didn't see you responded to this email, moved it to the top of your inbox (laughs) or things like that. Um, My calendar is my day, right? So most of the day, how I, what I do is I call all my clients, like my day is called my clients, like every application that we get, I'm the one having those conversations with them. So um, pretty much every half an hour is, is stacked with clients that have new applications that I'm calling, pre qualifying them, getting them all ready, um, in addition to people that have gone under contract. So Mm -hmm. then when I do things like this, or I do, um, I meet with, like last week, I had set up, I met with agents every single day of the week, right? I block off those times to do that. Um, I think it's really, really important, even when you're busy to always be prospecting, Um, always, because one question that I get a lot is, how do you consistently have good months right how does your how do your months always stay consistent because what happens a lot in our industry is that people have a really good month and then a terrible month and a really good month and a terrible month. because during that really good month they're just so focused on getting those deals closed that they're not prospecting for the next month um every week i block off hours for prospecting like i call them power hour where i'll either be calling new uh pre-qualified clients that are house shopping, checking in how it's going. I call agents. Um, like last two weeks ago, I said I'm gonna, you know, during this one hour, I'm setting up meetings every day for this week. During that one hour, I set up meetings every single day for the following week. So um, I structure my day very much by my calendar, right? Like I make sure everything's done, but I also like I don't leave one email unread ever. Um, I don't, my I get hundreds of emails a day, but I make sure to go through every single one of them. Like I don't go to sleep without things completed for that day because I want to make sure that I start fresh the next day. Um, but now that my kids are older, you know, they're six, eight and 11 and they have their activities. You, I used to work, I used to like not leave the office till at least seven ish or later. Now I have to be at practice at five, right? So I'm getting everything done ahead of time. Um I stay very focused um, on making sure all that's done. And with the venue, I also have an email, right? So I'm getting all of the inquiries and I'm just answering them throughout the day. I have templates. Basically, most of the emails just say like, hey, I'd like more information on your packages, right? I literally have a template that I just copy, post it there. Would you like to schedule a tour? Right. So those are pretty quick. Um, and then I'll usually stack my tours for the weekends. Um, for, I'll say like, we're available at nine to 11 or we're available at three to five. And then I'll stack them every half hour during that. But during that, I also will post on social media. Hey, would you like to schedule a tour of the venue? Looking to book this, looking to book that. So that when I'm there, because it's forty, it's about 48 minutes from our house. When we're there, I don't want to go there for one tour. I want to go there for multiple tours, so I really push it when I have a date and schedule it, so we're uh, we're really being um, most productive during that time. Um, and then, like I'll I manage the Airbnbs, but you know I think that stuff's easy, right? Like that right. doesn't take a lot of time. Um, but even things like this week, because we're Airbnb being the venue now. So we have a five bedroom house that sleeps 14 and we have a beautiful newlywed suite. So we're Airbnb being both of those um, which right now it's like peak season with the foliage. It's looking over the mountains as like the most beautiful view, but it was the first time we booked first time we booked the house this week. Very first time, which is nerve wracking, right? It's your first time. And they, they were like, Hey, uh, there's only six mugs here and not enough. So forth," and I'm like, I didn't even think of those things. Right. Because I didn't think like, Oh, 14 people are staying here. They need 14 mugs. Like I wasn't, you know, it's the first time. Um, So I literally like went to the store. I got this big basket, like this big, I filled it with mugs. They said there wasn't enough silverware. I put all the silverware and I put all kinds of treats and snacks and all this stuff. And I went and delivered it to them. And I said, like, I'm so sorry within like 15 minutes of them saying (laughs) that, And they were so happy and so like, oh my goodness, you know, and then we have a groomsman suite there that has uh, like a foosball table and stuff. So we opened that and we're like, hey, why don't you guys use this too? And they literally left a note. They're like, this is the most, this is the best vacation spot we've ever been. We're so happy. We're so excited. It could have been bad, right? They were like, we don't have enough silverware. We don't have enough mugs, which doesn't sound like a big deal, but I'm like, oh, shoot, you know, Um and then it had me thinking like, I need to do a, like, I just didn't even think of those things until someone's actually there. And then the freaking someone hit a uh, telephone pole. They didn't have electricity or internet for like a while because some right up the street, but they also heard about that and knew that happened. But I was like, oh my God, like, could this get any worse? <laughs> so we're like, what can we do to make them better? Um, and they left us flowers and like a really cute no. And I'm like, you know, it's all about making people feel special. Right. And no matter what industry I'm in, whether it be my Airbnb, my mortgage industry, the venue, I al- always make people feel special in some way. Like I leave treats on every, every time fresh flowers. Um, if it's a holiday that they're going, like I'll leave holiday things like whatever it is, it's all about creating an experience. And that's something that people don't think of in the mortgage industry. And I've talked a lot about, and I've done presentations in front of 5,000, 6,000 people on creating the ultimate mortgage experience. Because what you need to think about, especially, especially right now, rates are high, right? Rates will drop someday. And you, as the mortgage person, need to make sure that whoever you're working with when all of the vultures start calling, hey, rates are low, hey, rates are low, hey, rates are low, you want to make sure that they're not saying, oh, what can you offer me? You want them to say, thank you, I'll call, I'm will call. i going to call my mortgage broker right now, right? You need to make sure that they, they, in their mind, are like, I would never, I don't ever want to have the experience with anyone else because my experience was so good, right? And that's what we focus so heavily on. And here's a concept to think about. I went to two resorts at the same time, right? Two resorts, like within a, within a week. I had a little bit of a long vacation. We had two weddings at two different resorts within two weeks, one in Aruba, one in Florida. I went to the one in Aruba. You're, you're in Aruba, right? Cool. Like it was beautiful. It was great. There was nothing special about it. No one was giving me towels by the pool. No one was or- giving us drink orders. Um, There wasn't like, there was nothing special about it. So if someone asked me where to stay in Aruba, I would not say that. But then I went to this one in Florida. And as soon as I walked in, they hand me champagne. They hand my kids sparkling cider. We go up to our rooms. They knock on the door and hand us cold water. As soon as we got there, we go down to the pool and there's a freaking mermaid swimming around the pool, making necklaces with the children. My daughter like literally still talks about it. Then there was like a pirate blowing bubbles, like then we went up at night and our beds were turned down with chocolates on our pillows with water breeze on our beds in. None of these things cost anything realistically, right? right? But the experience was something that I would tell anyone to stay there and I would stay there again. And I took that idea and that concept and put that into my business. What are the touches I'm doing throughout the process? That make people want to have that experience again. Not just want to have that experience again, but want other people to have that experience when their friends, when their cousins say, "Oh, I'm thinking about buying a house," or like, "You have to work with Skylar Welch," right? Like, and that's the experience that I've worked on creating. And it's not just about, you know, having the best rates and having the best turn times. I know I close loans really fast. I know I have far better communication than probably anyone in the business. But I also know that I genuinely care and I'm giving that communication and those personal touches and those fun little things that make it a a more memorable experience. And then I've carried that over into the wedding industry, right? Like as soon as someone books, I I made these really cool like black boxes with the emblem on it, with their initials on it. I have like these glass cups with like the bamboo tops I put their new name on with the emblem. I have personalized cookies for Moonlit Ridge in it. And I'm like, congrats on booking. We're so excited to host you.
0: That's I don't cool. have
2: to do that, but that makes it, them excited, right? And that makes them want to tell other people and make someone to share that. So I think that those would be the biggest things that would set me apart from other people and other businesses and think people just don't care. People don't care enough and they treat people like transactions not like clients for life. Like I want to help my clients do every single transaction. I'm, I'm going to help them buy their first house, their second house, their investment property, their camp, everything. And every, I did loans for 26 members of a family once. That is just straight crazy. Right. <laughs> I like always had their last name on my pipeline and people would be like, didn't you just do this? I'm like, no, nope, someone else.
0: <laughs> it makes like, what I think is so cool though, is not only on the business side, do you, you know, push the importance of prospecting and building your business, but you haven't let go of what makes, makes it so, you know, clients have such a connection with you and with your business. Right. I think that that is really important and that, that there's something to be said about that in any industry. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing that you have had that attention to detail. And I, think that, especially as things pick up with your wedding venue, like it's going to be so cool seeing the trajectory of that. I mean, do you think you'll end up buying more wedding venues?
2: I don't know. I mean, who knows? Right. And that's the thing is that I love it, but it, it was a lot right now. I mean, I think that we had an unrealistic time. I think that I set a timeline a little bit too unrealistic and like pushed a little bit too hard, but we did it right. We got it done. Um, my husband said after, he's like, oh, let's get another one, blah, blah, blah you know? And I think that, who knows, right? Like, right. I think maybe I'll produce really heavily for the next 10 years in the mortgage industry, but then maybe I can just, <laughs> right? Because um, my goal would really be that I can um, bring people onto my team that can manage my database um, more and I could be a little bit less hands-off. That's more like right. a 10-year goal. I don't think see it happening. I'm in it for a while. Right. But maybe in 10 years when I've had like, you know, almost 25 years doing this, that I can be like, all right, I'm going to step back a little (laughs) and have a little bit more of my passion project. Cause I'd love to like full on plan and all of that. Cause I love doing those types of things. Um, but right now that's not realistic.
0: Cool goal though. I like it. What got you to leave your first mortgage brokerage and start your own?
2: Um, I needed more help. Right. Like I love them so much and they gave they really were great to me. Um, but I was growing a little bit um more at a faster pace than they were, and they were, you know, that that's it, right? Like um one of the owners said to me, like, you want to be bigger than we are. Like you've kind of outgrown us. Like we're so proud of you. Like now do it, you know. So that was really it. It's just it I just needed I needed more help. That was, that was the the bottom
0: line. That's it. That was it. <laughs> right. Right. Very cool. Yeah. So It's usually like you stay somewhere cause you need the help and then going out on your own is sort of this journey. But I, I heard this really cool quote. It was somebody quoting Steve jobs. Actually it was Bob Proctor. If anyone doesn't know, Bob Proctor is definitely YouTube, his name. And he said, um, dots, Are only connected when you look backwards at what you've done but to like make progress you have to keep pushing forward and those dots aren't going to be connected until you've accomplished it and i see that a lot in your trajectory like all right like now i'm gonna i'm gonna go i'll find a partner i'll figure out how to make this work all right you know i've had a goal of a wedding venue. I'm going to figure that out and make this work. We want a place to go skiing, which by the way, we just launched a sugar loaf spot on Timbers lane. So we'll have to talk about that. Yeah. Um, but you know, same thing And and I feel like there's a lot of new things you probably haven't even thought of yet that are going to happen in the next 10 years for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited to see that trajectory for you.
2: Yeah. I think that, I think that something about me is that I don't overthink things and people, like people like, you're freaking crazy. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's going to work out. Right. Like, I don't think I've ever felt anxious in my life. You know what I mean? I don't um, worry about things and I don't over plan. Like, I'm like, Oh, I'll figure that out. That's easy. Like I'll figure it out. You know? And I think that that is a good thing sometimes. Like I, (laughs) someone, um, we went up to, we were in Sunday river this weekend and my husband went to look at a lot and he's like, okay, we're going to get this lot of river. And they came back and we we're sitting with, we we're at a wedding and all my friends from college are there. And they're like, you just like went there and just like bought a lot. And he, and one of them goes, I can't even make a decision of what kind of chips to buy, you know? And he's like, you need to just do that. I'm like, yeah, but if you overthink things, you miss opportunities. If you wait for things, you miss opportunities. Like if we wouldn't have bought our Sugarloaf condo when we did, the one next door just sold for like $600,000. We got it for two hundred and twenty. dollars It's the same thing, right? We would have missed that opportunity, right? Like we got our four unit for $410,000. You can't get a four unit for under a million dollars anymore, right? Like if we would have overthought that and not taken that opportunity, we would have missed that opportunity and regretted that. And that's how I always feel. I always feel like if you're presented with an opportunity, take it and figure it out. Right. I mean, really? I'm that's, how, and I'm, I'm feeling that with the venue right now, right? Like it's a little bit scary um, because I need to get the word out as much as possible. I need people to um, see it, right. Get people into it. Every single, we're probably at like a 90% booking for people that have seen it. Everyone that walks in is like, Oh, where do I sign? Right. Because it's, it's that like breathtaking when you see it. But now the goal is like getting people into the space to see it and spreading the word because it's still brand new. So I'm looking for always looking for opportunities of where I can go. What I'm about to do 12 wedding shows. Like, like that's, cool. <laughs> that's a lot, but I'm going <laughs> to yeah. do it right. I'm going to spend 12 Sundays in right. the next six months going and doing this, just spreading the word.
0: Mm-hmm. That's cool. That's really cool.
1: Yeah. That's, That skill of being able to constrict the amount of time on making significant decisions, like that is such a common trait amongst high performers and those that are really successful out there is their ability to, when someone's thinking about this one decision over the next three weeks, they've already made 20 other decisions and kept the ball moving. And yeah, being able to have that balance of intuition as well as with wisdom. And then sometimes it's just straight up Action and pushing the ball down the field, you know?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that that's how it is. Even like when I decided to buy this venue, it was just like so random. My a realtor friend of mine is like, "Hey, this property just came up," and I'm like, "All right, let's do it." But we didn't have anything figured out yet. But we figured it out, right? You know, and and now yeah. it's the same thing. Like we need to get bookings. Well, let's figure it out, right? Let's go heavy on social media. Like I'm post. I'm doing a bunch of, uh, stylized shoots, like whatever I can to get people in there. We're having a big fall event in two weeks just to get people in there. Right. And that, that's the goal. Um, and that's the same way with, with everything, right. right. People like, we'll say like, how, like, how do I get more deals? How, why am I struggling? Like, why have I only closed freaking five deals a year date? Well, what are you doing to get the business? Are you sitting there waiting for your phone to ring, Right. I had this conversation with a, am I'm part of a big broker group and like nationally, and a lot. I speak a lot on the the stages there, and the so like a lot of the people will call me about advice. This and that, and one call me, and he's just like, you know, I'm really struggling, and I'm like, okay, well, how are you time blocking your day? Are you setting out time every day to be prospecting and calling people and doing this and do that? He's like, well, no, well, I only have this many pre pre approved buyers okay, are are you checking in with them? How are they doing the home buying process? Because guess what? They're going to be an agent that's going to refer them to someone else if you're not staying top of mind with them. And it's just, I think that no matter what industry you're in, period, you have to make an impression and not just make an impression, keep that impression and keep in front of these people because especially in real estate, you never know when someone could be looking for an opportunity. And you also never know when someone else is going to tell them to work with someone else. And you need to make sure that they say, Oh no, I'm already, I'm all set. Right? right. Whether you're an agent, whether you're a lender, whatever it is.
0: It's really neat to your point, you know, cause I do mostly property management these days. And when you sent, uh, Mick, you know, your videographer and social media, um, person that manages that out with will and i uh will van wickler one of the top um realtors in the sunday river market and we went house to house and just recorded some content you know i didn't know uh, you very well at that point and you know i I i'd known that some of will's clients had used you Mm -hmm. uh for for mortgages but like that is now so ingrained in my head that even i am an advocate across now Maine and Massachusetts, (laughs) you know what I mean? Of like, whenever I think of somebody that's thinking of buying a house now I'm like, oh, well I have the perfect lender for you, but um, it's not always just about like giving that value to somebody. Yes. That's awesome. But then you and I got to chat for a half hour and I was like, this person rocks (laughs) like this. Yeah. That was a fun conversation that we had. So um, I think you've, you've done a really good job. And I I think no matter what you dive into, whether it's mortgages or wedding venues or Airbnbs, like whatever, you're somebody that's just going to figure it out. And then a ton of people are going to enjoy not only watching your journey, but participating in it, whether they're getting a wedding at your venue, right? They're going to feel that the same way that somebody closes on a loan and 30 days. And it was a really great experience for them. You
2: know, absolutely. You know, and that's always the goal. That's always the goal is like make to, to people to make them have a great experience and be happy and also like not worry about things. Right. Because both of those things are super stressful, right? Like, right. like I'm like, oh, let me just throw myself into the most stressful situations when people buy a house and get married. Like, I'm going to be the person that's making sure that those go well, <laughs> um, right? Like, what am I crazy?
3: <laughs> right, but,
2: but it's great, you know, and I love it, and um, I think it's just going to continue to get better and better, and I also love 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 changing people's lives like and that's what I look at a lot with uh with the people that I hire and bringing other loan officers into the industry is like I want to see like what you know what they're doing now and then literally be like I can change your life by by giving you this opportunity right and teaching you and making you great and that fills my cup more than anything um in addition to just being in a position where we I can give back a lot right like i love to we have a huge backpack drive every year and it's like my most favorite thing right we filled i think like 4 over 400 backpacks this year for kids in need and it's so awesome. fun right like i'm such a i literally drop the backpacks off and i cry the entire ride home like every year cuz these kids like come out and they're like literally said to me this is a this is the nicest thing i've ever had or can this really be mine i can really have this and I'm literally like, what else do you need? <laughs> you know, like yeah. uh, I'm so soft. But then I cry the whole way home because I'm like, ah, that it's so. I'd love to be able to do those types of things. And um, something I think is important with people that are looking to grow their business um, is, I think a lot of times people try to think too big, right? Like, how can I reach every? And I've been there, right? Like, and when you start, you kind of have to think like as wide as you can. Right. But over the years, I've been trying to become like super um, more focused on how do you like ask yourself a question, right? Like, are you the number one real estate agent or mortgage broker in your neighborhood? Like, nope, never done a deal in my neighborhood. Like, how am I failing there? Are you the number one um, in whatever profession you're in, in your office building? Hmm. I'm the only mortgage broker here, but I've ever done a deal for anybody in this building. No are you the number one mortgage broker or real estate agent or whatever in your town so then what i got thinking is like what can i do to make sure i am right okay how am i targeting my neighborhood okay let's have a halloween fall festival potluck at the end of my driveway where all the kids do a parade in their costumes okay there it is getting out right um Okay, every Friday, I'm going to take warm chocolate chip cookies to everybody in this building every single Friday, just saying like, "Hey, hope you have a great weekend from the girl downstairs," right? Like, but then I'm top of mind, right? Since I started doing these things, I've now done deals for two people in this building because now they know who I am. It's as simple as that. Right. I started being like, "Okay, how can I get more involved in my in my town that I live in?" I'm sponsoring probably I don't know six sports teams right now with my name on all of these things, I put together a um, holiday light competition for my town, blasting everybody in the town multiple times. Main Point Lending's first annual, this will be the second annual this year, but last year it's so fun. And then I got all of the area businesses to donate the prizes. So they're really great prizes, but we're at the same time, we're promoting these businesses. Then I had the local celebrities be the judges. The school principals for both of the schools, (laughs) the fire chief and the police chief. Now we're promoting them as well. And then I'm in the car and we're driving around judging all of these houses. We had sirens. We went out. Families came out. It was so fun and so amazing. That is awesome. You know, but that was because... (laughs) selfishly like I wanted my kids to be able to drive around town and like see lights and be excited and this and that and I wanted that for other families right here's the route, here's this but you're also promoting your business at the same time right so I think sometimes people just need to become a little bit more focused if you just focus on your freaking neighborhood guess what you may be able to you may be able to accomplish right I started thinking like I need to do vermont like i'm licensed in 33 states right like i can do all of these states but realistically like let me focus on my building in my neighborhood right
0: <laughs> oh my god there's so much value i think for our listeners in that too um i think a lot of our listeners or folks that seem to really resonate with this podcast are people that are building businesses of their own in some way, shape or form, or they've at least had the idea of doing that or thought of doing it, whether it's something small, like an Etsy shop or much larger, right? Like something like you've accomplished. And I just think there's so much value in what you just described there for everybody. I mean, I was, I was actually, I have like half a page of notes (laughs) of just like, Ooh, I haven't put flyers out to my neighborhood yet that right. I'm managing properties. And I've been doing it for years. Why? Mm-hmm. All right. that's
2: I literally said those questions to myself and I'm like, fail, 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 fail. Like, yeah, I'm doing a lot of deals, but are they in my, my personal bubble? Like, what am I doing? Like, let's become uber focused because what I realized is that my resources were being so like scattered like Mm -hmm. everywhere. So now I'm also like very, very focused on just like four teams, right? That are great teams that are producing. And I'm all in on them. like all in let's freaking do it and crush it. And I'm your person and it's working, right? Because I'm so present. And I think that any, no matter what industry you're in, the more present you are and more focused you are, the more results you're going to see because you're more consistent.
0: Oh, that's gold. Well, I know we're coming up to our, our, hour mark here. Um, Anson, any final questions, any thoughts as we sort of wrap it up?
1: No, I, I think it's incredible what you've done so far. And there's a lot of inspiring stories in there and uh, being able to see your progression and your, your path from where you started to where you're at. Um yeah, someone take it, take a page from Skyler's book and uh, yeah. there was a lot to glean from that. Yeah. I
2: think that a lot of people um even now I I think a lot of people look at sometimes like look at my life, look at this and that, and they're like, oh, must be dice, blah, blah. And and I I want to say that I came from a town of less than a thousand people. I worked my butt off to be valedictorian so that I could get full scholarship because that was my eighth grade goal, was that I didn't want to have student loans. Um right. Cause I knew that that's not something my family could afford. I worked every single day since I was 14 years old. When, when I was eight, nine years old, my dad bought me a snow cone machine and built me a cart and he would drop me off at all the little league games by myself. And I would sell snow cones. And when I was 16 years old, I'd save $10,000 and I bought my first car from selling snow cones as an wow. eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 year old, you know, like, it's all in the hustle, right? Like nothing I have was handed to me. Nothing I have was given to me. And I think that that's a misperception a lot is that people think that this life is just a cakewalk job. And so many people walk in and be like, Oh, I'm just going to make a bunch of money and have this life. And, and it's not, and it's hard. And people don't see like for 10 years, I worked 17 hours a day. Right. And for my whole life before that, I worked every day of my life. And, and, um, I guess the point of that is like, anyone can do it right. Anybody can make this happen. If you have the work ethic and you have the goals and you create the opportunity for yourself, because I was given zero opportunity. I I made those opportunities.
0: Right. Oh man. Even, even on the sign-off, we get some golden nuggets with the snow cones. I love that. I just absolutely love that.
2: It's so funny um, cuz people now sometimes will like comment on things on my Facebook, on my business stuff and be like, "I still remember the little girl pushing that soco <laughs> machine down the street."
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Well, Skylar, if someone wants to get a mortgage, have a wedding or go on vacation, how can they get a hold of you? So many things, right? Okay.
3: Um
2: Honestly, I think everyone should check out the wedding venue, um, Instagram, um, because I share so many fun things on that and it's super, super fun. So that is Moonlit Ridge Events, Moonlit, M-O-O-N-L-I-T Ridge Events. Um, it's super fun. So that's just a fun one to follow. Um, in regards to mortgages on Instagram, I'm um, Sky, S-K-Y-E closes Maine as in the state. Um, So that is where you can follow me on both of those things. I obviously have Facebooks for both of them as well, um, which basically has a lot of the similar content. Mm -hmm. Um, And my, I mean, I can always be contacted on email, phone, phone, I mean, do you want me to we'll
0: get all that? No, you're good. We'll get that all <laughs> that into the show notes. That's totally cool. Yeah. So. I'm,
2: I'm, and I'm like super, super uber responsive. Um, always like you'll hear from me in like two seconds with everything. Um, I love my it. properties that I have for Airbnb are in sure at Sugarloaf mountain. Um, that is, uh, we rent that year round. We're actually rented to a lot of, um, leaf peepers right now. Um, in the winter, obviously we're only one driveway down from the from the lodge. So it's super convenient for for guests to be at the at the mountain. And then we also are being being at the venue. Um there's a beautiful, beautiful two-story newlywed suite um, that people can rent, or there's a five-bedroom house that sleeps 14. Um, both of those are in Otisfield, Maine, as well.
0: And we'll put the links to those Airbnbs awesome. in the show notes for folks as well. So Great. well, Skylar. Thanks so much for joining us. This was cool. This was an expanded version of our first discussion and totally delivered. Thanks so much. I think you brought a ton of value to all the listeners. You you definitely brought a lot of value to me. So (laughs) thank you.
2: Thank you guys so much for having me.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Appreciate appreciate you you, uh, taking the time.
2: Anytime. (laughs) Anytime.